there are two kinds of organizations, those that are penetrated and those that don't realize it. You have to assume that no matter how good your defenses are, they're not enough. You have to be clean on the inside as well. Welcome to OWASP 24-7, sponsored by the Open Web Application Security Project, improving the security of software. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk. When we're talking about your session, Sam, what we're talking about is security war games. Give me some background. It sounds like a very interesting session. Well, the basic idea is that in today's world, it's not enough to think of security as protecting the perimeter. You need to flip your mindset to say, I'm not just going to prevent breach. I'm going to assume breach. Ten years ago or five years ago, security mindset, we thought what we needed to do was to keep attackers out and we built scanners and firewalls and, and antivirus and all these technologies that were aimed at saying we can defend against attackers by focusing on the edge. And what we know from uh, all of the high publicity attacks of the last few years, probably starting with Target in 2012, is that attackers are in, and they're in pretty much permanently as persistent advanced threats. And so what you need to do is you need to, to flip your mindset to say, I assume I am breached already. No matter how good my security is on the perimeter, I need to be equally good at detecting attackers on the inside once they are through the wall. In order to do that, I need to regularly exercise war games in which I have attackers in production running attacks on ourselves so that we can exercise our abilities to defend. It's all about finding indicators of compromise while they're there. It's all about exercising the meantime to detect. It's all about exercising the meantime to recover. It's all about uh, being able to tell that you have been able to successfully react to a breach to prevent data exfiltration and so forth. And in order to do that, you need to actually do it. The way you actually do it is you run the war game exercise in production on yourself. You do it with a few modifications from what a real attacker would do. You don't, for example, actually exfiltrate data. You don't actually compromise the customer SLAs. You will do this on a canary. You will prove that you can you know, get to the point of 
compromising the service or being able to escalate privilege or being able to steal credentials or being able to uh, steal PII uh, as, as the attacker, we call it the red team, uh, and then the blue team needs to detect what the red team is doing, what the attacker is doing, and they need to do it as quickly as possible as they would with in the event of a real attack, and they need to respond and shut down the attack. So they need to identify any back doors that have been planted, any C2 servers that have been uh, set up. They need to uh, figure out if any data has been compromised. They need to uh, identify if uh, any identities have been stolen and so forth. And they need to close all of those back doors, protect all of that data, uh, respond to the threat, and uh, do so in, in uh, as rapid a way as possible. And so you, you do this as an exercise, as a war game. And then at the end, you run a retrospective and you figure out, well, how good were we and how bad were we? And at what specifically did the uh, red team attackers manage to get to data that we didn't know about? Did they manage to compromise identities? Did they manage to set up C2 servers where you didn't expect them? Did they manage to compromise things that you weren't expecting? Did they do uh, things like around the horn attacks where they could jump from domain to domain or, or subnet to subnet where you couldn't trace the path of attack and, and so forth? And, and if so, what tools do we as the blue team as the defenders need in order to spot the next time or spot real attackers and how do we need how can we do that faster to reduce our mean time to detect and, and our mean time to recovery? What processes do we need to change and are there things about our configuration that we need to change? Can we do better network isolation? Can we do uh, better data protection? Can we change processes that we have in place? Are we, you know, not using strong enough security internally? Are we leaving plain text data around that we shouldn't be? All these kinds of things so that you learn from the exercise everything you can. Those retrospective learnings become work items and you address those. And then you set up a cadence in which you run the war games again. And every time you try to become better, you measure yourself. And that becomes part of your cycle. Now, the great thing about doing this in the DevOps world is that in the DevOps world, you are, in fact, flushing production. So you can restage your production environment. You do it anyway. And you can change things anyway. You have the ability to deal with attacks without uh, giving yourself away as a defender. It's not obvious to the attacker that the things you are doing, which might in fact be defensive measures for security, are directed at countering the attack because they're just part of regular deployments. DevOps really helps with this. But if you're not prepared to deal with this from the security angle, 
and you're not thinking about this from the standpoint of how do we defend, and you don't exercise that muscle on a regular basis, then you're not prepared when there really is an attack. That's the gist of what I'll be talking about, and I'll be using some examples from our own experience and our own retrospectives to, to show things we found on ourselves. It reminds me a lot, Sam, of what Netflix does, actually have teams going against production, really doing the types of things that you're talking about. Where does automation and automated monitoring play into the scheme that you're talking about? Oh, you certainly use automation as well, and you automate as much as you can. A lot of the things we're talking about are things where the current attacks are very sophisticated. They're planned over a period of six months. They're done with tiny little discrete steps and what have you. And little bits of carelessness on your internal side, for example, leaving uh, passwords in a plain text file. For example, dual homing servers, for example, reusing passwords across servers, for example, uh, having single rather than multi-factor authentication. Little things like that can have drastic consequences. Automation is going to help you along the way. So, for example, you can scan for credentials that have elevated privileges, but it's better to just not have ele- not have administrator privileges at all and to use a just-in-time administration approach where you do something like just enough administration in the PowerShell or the equivalent where you only grant for a short period of time, few hours or something like that, administrative rights to scope area, or better yet, use automated uh, commandlets to carry things out. So you are using automation for for administrative functions rather than having sysadmins around, because the sysadmins will be hunted, and they'll be compromised. The NSA hunts them, uh, we know from the, the Snowden revelations, and, you know, attackers do anything the NSA does. I see also in your talk that you've got something about phishing in here. How are you guys uh, hunting that down? Well, one of the things we do is that we run phishing attacks on ourselves as sort of a social engineering experiment. We not only do annual training on identifying phishing, but we also do uh, staged uh, phishing attacks to see uh, if our colleagues are smart enough to recognize them. We give them feedback to the effect of, gotcha, you just gave up your password. And we share the, the statistical results about how bad we are at protecting ourselves against phishing attacks and we've now set up our email system so that any mail can be grabbed as suspicious for phishing because we know we are 
so suspect to fishing attacks. Spear fishing has been such a problem and the source of so many of the, the noted attacks, like, you know, the Sony yeah. breach. And uh, we get so much spear phishing targeted at us, uh, and it's getting more and more difficult to tell. I mean, I, it's, it's a real pain. I've gotten slower <laughs> and slower reading email because of it. How large is your team, Sam, when you're running one of these exercises? How large is the team that's running it? So we'll have on the order of 10 versus 10, red and, and blue, respectively. So it varies across different groups in Microsoft. So I'm, I'm talking right now for Visual Studio Team Services, which broadly includes related services like Application Insights. You know, to put it in scale, we have a little under 4 million registered developers as users, so that which is small potatoes compared to the bigger services like Office 365 or the Azure Cloud or what have you. So we do these on a periodic basis. The blue team will consist of colleagues who are permanently there. The red team we will bring in folks who are experts in attacking who aren't full-time with us. Uh, other teams like Office 365 and Azure and so forth basically have standing red teams who are doing this all the time. I mean, literally, you know, their full-time job is working on new attacks and identifying new ways in which we might be penetrated and trying them out. One of the interesting things for me, too, along this line is most money in the industry is going towards parameter attacks when you go to a security conference. And what you're doing is attacking it from the inside going out. I think it's turning the paradigm on its head. Yeah, so we're not, I'm not trying to say don't defend the perimeter. I am saying that's not enough. I am saying that if you look at the high publicity breaches, you know, the government personnel office, you know, we mentioned selling target, what have you, you look at all these things, and they're all cases where people had good perimeter security in place. It only takes one successful spearfish in order to get credentials that lets you get inside the network. Uh, or, you know, a watering hole in the case of the target contractor who totally unknowingly uh, was infected. And what you and you have, you know, you have these bad guys who are sitting lying in wait inside corporate networks. I mean, you know, the, Michael Hayden, who used to run the CIA, basically says there are two kinds of organizations, those that are penetrated and those that don't realize it. You have to assume that no matter how good your defenses are, they're not enough. You have to be clean on the inside as well. It's not that you shouldn't have locks on your doors in your house, but 
when someone is inside your house, do you have your credit cards lying around? Do you have all your cash on top of your desk? Do you leave your jewelry in obvious places? What happens once they're inside? You know, that's a very good analogy. I haven't heard that one before. But visually, that's a great, great image to bring forward. When we're talking about Monday, Sam, and the other sessions that are coming up, is there anything specific that you're excited about seeing that others are talking about? I'm excited for the day. I mean, I have not seen a day that combined DevOps and security. I've gone through the you know the list of people talking, and they're all people whom I highly respect. And I haven't, you know, I haven't seen a day where we've blended. Uh, the topics well like this because, and, and I think they're closely related, but I think that, you know, I think that the, the DevOps world has been quiet on security, and I think a lot of the security stuff, as you said, is focused on the perimeter. I also think a lot of the state of the practice is very uh, waterfallian. You know, oh, we do a scan at the end before we... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we get a list of issues, and then we, you know, take time to, you know, do a batch checklist of them. That's doing it too late. That's ridiculous. Right, right. But that's the state of the market. Are we changing it, Sam, with doing things like this? Do you see a shift? I certainly see a desire to shift, and I certainly see a an eagerness to learn new practices, and I certainly think that assume reach is something that people get. I think the industry has some catching up to do. I think, you know, the idea of thinking in terms of a supply chain like uh, you guys at Sonatype do is a, is a great thing. I think there's also thinking in terms of the habits, which is what I'll be talking about. And I think there's a generation of tooling that will emerge, that will incorporate machine learning, that will make things easier, That that's just starting to glimmer over the horizon. I think Mark Krasinovich is going to do a talk on that at, at the, the conference. But this is all coming. It's an exciting time to be in the industry when... When people come to me and say, what should I focus on for the future? I think this is it. I honestly think this is the pathway. Well, you know, I'm in Israel this week. Everyone here is talking about cybersecurity. Everyone is focusing on it. I was at the Think Next conference yesterday, and the amount of attention there is phenomenal. And the uh, number of startups here that are uh, targeting Space or that number is just just bubbling, and you um, uh, you look at it and you say, "Huh, there's uh, there's something here." I think it is pretty exciting. I think it's. I also think it's essential because I think if we don't. The way we are connected now as a world leaves us seriously at risk. I mean, I think cyber terrorism is a serious threat. The Attackers are not script kiddies anymore. They are highly sophisticated criminal organizations 
in a very profitable black market. That's a very profitable ecosystem. Most of the actors, or a great many of the key actors, have been trained in state organizations and learning skills, very, very deep sophistication. And they, you know, they are smart, they plan carefully, they will, you know, take months to do very careful reconnaissance and find the targets and find the, uh, the right pathways and find the niche. And uh, you're fighting against a very, very well-funded, well-trained global adversary. And you need to be conscious of that. Uh, it's not enough to protect yourself, you know, thinking it's uh, it's a bunch of rowdy teenagers. It's not anymore. Well, Sam, thank you so much for your time. I'm looking forward to hearing your presentation on Monday. We're looking forward to a big day. Yeah, I am too. You have been listening to OWASP 24-7 with your host, Mark Miller, and music provided by the George Cole Quintet. With support from the Nexus Community Project, supporting millions of open source developers worldwide. Additional support provided by CatScan from Proactive Risk.